Welcome back to the barn. Today's topic is going to be halter breaking our calves. Um, this is probably a topic that doesn't get talked about enough for how important it is. Uh, you never hear people walk up to the grand champion and ask them how they halter broke their calf or, or ask a breeder how they go about it. Um, and breaking calves the proper way and, and getting them so broke that that uh, that calf will follow you anywhere and stop anywhere you want them to stop and and give that look that we all like to see in the show ring with a calf that's just stuck and comfortable and happy and and enjoying being where he's at. Um, so I thought this is a pretty good topic to go ahead and start off with here early in our podcast and try to cover it so that... Uh, we get started halter breaking calves or if we've only halter broke our calves but we're having bad luck in the show ring or it uh, seems like this calf has given us troubles or, or maybe we're not going to do it for a while yet uh, but we want to start thinking about how to go about it and um, this is going to cover a few different things that I when thinking back to how I like to halter break calves I'm not breaking any right now um, but when I'm breaking calves that have never been touched before you know they've come off their mom and we've weaned them and then we're going to work them and try to show them as jackpot calves at state fair or whatnot um kind of looking back and thinking about what works well or seeing how other people have done it and works well i've kind of prioritized it differently than maybe i initially thought i think this kind of breaks it down into maybe more step-by-step -step process that's uh, easier for the calf and us to understand both and keep us both safe and make it a true relationship not uh, showman and calf each have their own personality and, and aren't working together this will hopefully kind of get you maybe the basics of how to build a relationship with your calf so that you're working together to the same goal and comfortable with each other while doing it uh, we'll go ahead and get started here the first step before we ever get the halter out of the box, before we ever make plans for doing first thing Saturday morning, we're going to do this and that, and and in two weekends we'll be ready to go show. Um, before we make any plans like that, I think it's really important to build a relationship with that calf. Um, that doesn't mean you have to spend X amount of time. doesn't mean you have to do anything specific. Um, usually for us, if we're feeding a bag feed to this calf and every day we walk out, he sees us walk up to that bunk and put his feed in, you know, after the first couple of days, they're probably waiting for you and they're probably watching you put that in there and then waiting for you to, to move back and they're going to step right up and feed and then, and then into a week of doing it they might meet you at the bunk and, and you might have to you know ask them to move out of your way to even get to the bunk to put their feet in there that that's a relationship that means they're comfortable with you they, they're starting to understand your your personality and, and how you walk up to the bunk and and the noises you make when you step and and how comfortable he is in his pen i think that's all pretty important before we start grabbing a halter and asking that calf to understand what we want him to do um, is spend some time with that calf whether like I said it's just feeding or or dad feeds them but I want to break them 
you know, maybe you need to find some time between feedings that, that you go out there and sit and walk around and, and make sure he's comfortable with your presence. Because if he's not comfortable with you in his personal area, having him uncomfortable with you and uncomfortable with the halter and uncomfortable with what you're trying to teach him is probably going to be a pretty hard thing for him to get to understand all at the same time. I think if we go step by step and uh, make sure that we're not putting too much on his plate, we're, we're a lot less likely to have blow-ups. We're a lot less likely to get so frustrated because we put so much time in that he should be learning so much by now and he hasn't that if you take time off the table and make sure he's comfortable with you and his presence first before we start uh you're gonna save yourself i think a lot of headache um and that's something that that i don't even really think about um myself when i'm doing it but uh you know usually they're in the pen i've been feeding them by hand they're comfortable with me i've been walking around them watching how they walk you know evaluating them for for showing or for my sale that that my calves are probably pretty used to me or or my dad or my sisters or whoever's going to be working with that calf they've seen us quite a bit before before that time you know we, we get to see our calves from the day they're born um you know once they get older and on the cow and pasture they probably don't see us every day um but but pretty often those those cattle know who we are um they know what we sound like when we talk to each other and, and how we walk and uh, they're probably not really scared of us by the time we go to break them. And I think maybe um, a calf showing up to a new home, that's a step that, that might get skipped um, that probably shouldn't be skipped. Um, and so if you can build a relationship, then we can move on to the next step. The next step is just getting used to the halter without trying to lead them right away, um, expecting them to, to stand tied for two hours they're going to have to learn what that halter is. They've, they've never, they might've had one on here and there from the breeder you bought them from, or maybe the breeder had them tied to broke, but that was three months ago and they really don't remember a lot. Um, or they've never been halter broke at all. Having, having that on his, his head for the first time is going to be something they have to understand uh and making sure we're doing that so that he can be comfortable with it um he can understand that that on his head is is a good thing or maybe not a good thing but just a comfortable situation uh for us that usually means we're going to bring our calves into an alleyway we have commercial cows and, and run quite a few cows that that most of our uh farms here have an alleyway system up to a squeeze chute i like to run the calf in there and uh and put a halter on them for the first time inside of that alleyway um you know they're designed to be safe for the cattle comfortable for the cattle so that they can stand there not feel stressed to move a certain direction i can put that halter on them and normally i'm doing two or three so i'll walk through put a halter on every one and then I'll go ahead and tie that calf inside that alleyway where they're completely safe. They can't hurt themselves. They can't hurt me. They can be tied up and start learning that 
when we move away from that lead rope, that halter gets tighter or that halter gives more pressure to my head and I don't like that. So I need to move towards that lead rope. Um, lots of times we'll put, uh, put a bar behind the calf so that while he's tied in that alleyway, he can't just completely pull back and pull back against that halter. Um, you know, that bar behind him will keep him, keep the pressure from being constant to where he, when he moves his head to the right, he catches and he knows, okay, I need to move my head to the left to counteract that pressure that that halter is giving me. Um, I like to do this for a while, um, you know, maybe ha maybe just 10 minutes the first day and then the next time I do it, you know, we'll, I'll do it for 20 minutes and walk up and down next to them and, uh, and make sure they understand it. And then maybe that third time I'll do it for, for 30 minutes and then I'll pull those bars out from behind them so that they can move forward and backward and, uh, and do that for an additional 15 or 20 minutes. Um, I'll do all that before I'm going to take those calves out of that alleyway to move on to the next step, which is broke to tie. Um, now, if you don't have an alleyway, we've just got a pin. That's all we have. Um, we don't have a chute we can get them to. Uh, my biggest suggestion would be um, try to find one. Try to find somebody. Maybe a neighbor's got one that you can throw them on the trailer and, and take them over there and work on that a little bit. Get those calves used to, that, used to that halter so it's not just an open pen and I'm going to time to a post and hope he figures it out because I think you're going to really lengthen that process. Not that you can't do that. Um, you know, there's a lot of tame calves that maybe were already broke to tie or been worked with a lot without a halter that can figure it out pretty quickly. But, but not every calf is going to be that easy. Um, you know, especially if we have a calf that's really having a hard time understanding what we're doing. I think get them in a position where they only have to learn the simple pressure of that halter and don't have to learn the movement of my body affects it and, and where the person is moving affects it. Um, really simplify it for those calves that are struggling. I am going to touch a little bit on a lot of people. I know a lot of people that do this and I do it some, um, I'm not a huge fan of it just because I think it it maybe can cause us more problems than it benefits us. And that is getting unbroke calf home and putting a halter on them and letting them drag that halter around. Um, it's not a terrible idea. Um, it will do the same thing. It will slowly teach that calf to respect the pressure that that halter is going to put on them. But it also leads to probably just as much time. Usually when I do it, um, it's with a bigger group of calves. Um, and I probably spend just as much time with them as I would if I put them in the alleyway. Because, you know, I'm, I want to make sure that they're, they're not too far into it. Or they're, they're getting the right response to the pressure when they step on that halter. Um, usually if I do it, I try to wrap the halters in, uh, in a Velcro pad, halter pad that you can get for rope halters so that if that calf, um, gets to a spot, you know, sometimes both their front leg and back leg is on that halter and they don't understand and they're pulling against it to make sure that, that they're learning about the pressure and they're not hurting themselves. 
you also really, really need to look at your pin. Make sure there's nowhere that halter can snag. Make sure that you know you're, you're regularly keeping an eye on your calves if that halter is out there on their head um, with a lead rope on it that, that they could possibly catch on something. You know, I, I think that could possibly leave some dangerous situations. That's why I'm not going to really push it on this podcast. Um, like I said, if you're used to doing that, you know, you guys got to pick how you're going to break your calves. And if, if that's how you're used to doing it, that's fine. Just be mindful of, of what's going on in that pin when you're not there and uh, try to save yourself some headaches um, by really making sure you're doing it the right way. The last thing I'm going to say on that is make sure we're not doing that too long. I think sometimes I see calves that I wonder if maybe that process wasn't used and that halter was left on for too long because I'll see showmen that are walking their calves and as soon as they try to stop that calf he puts his head down to the ground and tries to push his head through that pressure and pull away from that kid and I think sometimes that's because if we leave that halter on too long what are we teaching that calf? We're teaching that calf that when he feels pressure, it's going to pull his head down. And there's only two ways to get rid of that pressure. Either back up and move your feet far enough to get off the halter. Or put your nose down and pull that lead rope out from underneath your feet. And then when we get to showtime, we've taught that calf that when he feels pressure to stop or when we pull back on that halter, he's going to put his head down and he's going to pull away from us. And usually... Once they've learned that, that's pretty hard to break break that bad behavior out of that calf because he can outpower us. There's a lot of muscle in that neck and that back for him to put his head down and walk away from us that we're, we're not going to be able to stop that. We're not going to be able to stop that calf. And if we, if we do that a few times, then they learn, well, if I don't like standing next to this guy, if I don't like this guy leading me, all I have to do is put my nose down and he can't stop me and I can go do whatever I want. Um, you know, the whole point of me doing this podcast is try to maybe bring up some ideas that'll let you make that calf want to be next to you and, and want to be led around by you and want to go in that show ring because he enjoys it. It's comfortable for him. He likes being led around because he knows you're the guy that brings the feed. He feels better when he goes and moves around with me or, or I lead him to his feed bunk or I lead him to go rinse him off when it's hot out in the summer. So every time I walk out there with that lead rope, after some time of working with him, he'll actually walk towards me and, and want to be led around and, and want to go show. And I think that leads to a lot, a lot better project, a lot better relationship and a lot better showman. You know, I think I think the the calves we see in the show ring that walk in and, and just stick it. They just, they stop. They stop just perfect with their feet. They stand there without, with their head up, without having having to crank on that head to hold it up. Um, I think those calves really enjoy being there and really enjoy that halter on their head. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't put up with it. Um, they, they would try to move all the time or, or they would feel uncomfortable so they would be agitated and take steps. Um, you know, I think those are calves that have been worked with a lot and they're comfortable. And I think that's really cool to see and, uh, and leads to a lot of cool things, um, down the road. So if we got our calves, he's comfortable with us. 
we've got them used to the halter in, in a safe situation. Kind of the next step is broke to tie. Um, you know, broke to where I can get them to a panel that's secure and safe for that calf to be tied to and uh, tie them to it and, and he can stand there and he can be comfortable and he can stand there without leaning back against that halter. You know, you can tell they're slacking that halter when he's standing there. Um, and, and that just comes with time. That comes with maybe getting your pin set up right so that, that you know, I can get that calf to an area where I can tie him up and he can be comfortable and safe. And then I can leave him there, um, you know, for a certain amount of minutes. Maybe, um, you know, maybe the kids are going to be home in half an hour from, from basketball practice. I, I've got it set up so I can go out there and get four calves tied up before the kids get home to walk through them or, or whatnot. And uh, usually that's more pin set up and, uh, and just time, you know, find a good place to get them tied to where you can maneuver that calf over there and, and tie them up. And this is where, when I start trying to get calves broke to tie, I think keep them together. You know, if you have two calves, break them together, get them used to each other, and then start breaking to tie right next to each other, just because they're going to feel more comfortable with their buddy there. Um, if you only have one calf, obviously you can't do that. But if we've got two, three, four, five, six calves, um, find a place where you can line all those calves up right together for now, especially when we're starting broke to tie just because they will be more comfortable. They'll be more apt to pull back on that halter and then figure out my buddies aren't going anywhere either. I can relax and take a step forward and put some slack in that and take some pressure off. Um, then after doing that for a while and you feel like the calves are standing there, they're, every time you tie them to wherever you are, you know, they're comfortable. Um, you know, then you can start working with them on the tide basis. Uh, I like to grab a blow or blow them out. You know, if it's warm enough to rinse them or if you've got them in the barn where you can rinse them, uh, start rinsing them broke to tie. You know, they're going to they're gonna spin back and forth. Um, but if they get used to understanding that when they're tied, this guy's going to work on me. He's going to blow my hair. He's going to rinse me out. He's going to comb me. Um, after a while, then they just understand that that this is an okay situation for me just to stand here. That if I back up, I'm going to get pressure on that halter and I need to take another step forward. This is going to be probably the longest one, you know. This is the one that, that you're going to have to do time and time and time again. Um, and then pretty soon, they start walking with us. We go to tie them and they're walking. They know that that as soon as this guy ties me up, he's going to comb me out and then I get to eat or I get to be in a warm barn or I get to be in a cool barn. Um, so it's not that they're necessarily, you're necessarily leading them, but they want to go do what you're doing. So that broke to tie then really leads into broke breaking to walk fairly easily. It, uh, sometimes, you know, different calves will, will do it differently. You know, some calves, a week of working on them just broke to tie, just got them standing, we're working hair, maybe combing them if, if they're comfortable with us up next to them, touching them, or just standing 10 feet away with the blower and blowing their hair. You know, some calves, after a week of doing that, um, you know, they, they'll they'll let you put the halter on them and you can walk right and walk them wherever you want. And then, then you've kind of naturally gone through that process. Other calves are, are going to struggle with that. You know, they're they're really fine when you tie them, but when you go to 
go to get them to where they're going, they fight you every time. Um, those are calves you're just going to have to keep keep tying them up, keep getting them comfortable with you. You know, maybe maybe stand there next to them while they're tied up um, so they understand you being in front of them with that halter is the same as that panel. And then they'll learn that uh, just like that panel teaches them that if I take a step back, the only one only way to relieve that halter pressure is to take a step forward. Then when you're walking them, you're putting halter pressure on them and they're taking a step forward with you. Um, and then it'll finally lead to you can walk that calf. Then when we start walking that calf, you know, whether it's just walking in the barn every morning or or our pen isn't right next to our barn, so we have to lead them from the barn across the way, or maybe they're just getting really comfortable with the halter and we wanna we wanna start making circles inside of our pen and uh and teaching that calf to walk with me and and, and teach him to understand that's a that's a positive thing um, i think the number one thing with teaching your calf to walk is being consistent with how you're applying pressure to that halter um, whether we're trying to turn that calf or get that calf to walk forward or stop that calf those three things should each have a different pressure you put on to the calf um i think i think if if you know you are doing it and then you tell your kid if you want him to turn you need to put your hand like this or you need to push his head this way and you do it consistently all the way through um, it's a lot easier on that calf to understand what what the showman wants or what what the person breaking whether it's the dad or mom or or ag advisor or whatnot you know, whoever are the different people working with that calf, if they all do it the same, that calf will pick it up fairly quickly. The one that gets, I think, maybe confusing for cattle and maybe is the one you see most often in the show ring is getting your calf to stop. That calf has to understand when you want him to stop. Um... They don't speak English. Uh, they they get pressure on their halter and they have to correspond that with what they need to do with their body. Um, you know, some of them are easy. You know, when you push your calf away from you to turn, that one's fairly easy because your hand comes over the top of their nose and you're pushing that head away so they know I need to turn that way. He's pushing me that direction. When we're going forward, that's fairly easy, right? That's a just like we talked about that's the same pressure as being tied to a panel um, or tied in the trailer or whatever. When I, when I feel pressure forward, if I take a step forward, we relieve that pressure. Um, and, and then the confusing ones are stopping your calf and getting your calf to pull his head towards you. Um, when you think about how that halter ties together and how that lead rope goes into that halter, if I am leading and I try to get my calf to stop and I pull back towards his shoulder, it's almost the same exact pressure as me pulling back towards my shoulder to get his head towards me and to get him to stop is the same pressure. And lots of times you'll see showmen at any age level go to stop that calf and they pull back. You know, they're walking and they pull back or they turn around and they push back towards the calf. And that calf's front end may stop and his nose may turn towards you but his rear legs keep moving away from you and then all of a sudden instead of stopping in place 
that calf's rear end has moved out towards the judge and now we have to make a circle and try it again um and it, i don't think it's necessary that the calf doesn't know how to stop or doesn't know how to stand comfortably i think it's because he doesn't understand what he what we want him to do um and so my suggestion is if i'm going to stop that calf which is something that being broke to tie they really haven't had that pressure put on them I like to go up and back with their head and sometimes even just straight up. So if I pull up on his head, naturally he's going to stop because he can't continue to walk with his front end structure that way. And then if I do that time and time again, every time I pull up on his head, he should stop. Now at the beginning, he won't necessarily understand that. He may move back and forth a little bit, but if I make my command for him to stop differently than my command for him to turn his head towards me. I think that's a benefit for later on after we're showing that calf that we can be leading that calf, walking with his head up, pulling forward, and then as soon as I stop and turn hands and hold his head up in the air, he stops. And if he picks that up, it makes it a lot easier for him to stop his feet and be in a show position for that judge to immediately catch him comfortable. Um, we don't always think about it that way, but if, if I, if I teach my calf to stop with his head up, when I pull up and back on his head, you know, push that head back towards himself, um, and he stops his feet and understands to stop, then getting him comfortable in a show ring is going to be a lot easier. And that's kind of what I've gone to when breaking my calves. If, if I want them to stop, I'm going to try to get their head up in the air. Um, it's hard for them to move their feet forward. And, and pull away from you if their head's up in the air. Um, so that's kind of how I started when I when I was breaking calves for my son. Um, you know, he's he's young enough that that calves are gonna outpower him. But if that calf knew when his head went up in the air, um, you know, my son would have a lot more leverage on, on getting that calf to stop comfortably and be comfortable with slowing down, slowing his feet down, stopping, and not trying to keep moving forward through you know, through my son showing up. Um, I think, you know, really paying attention to, to how we're pulling on that halter. Uh, you know, we should, when we're going to walk that calf, we shouldn't have to always pull constantly. We should be able to pull, get him into a walk, and let that calf walk next to us. Um, and sometimes when these calves are still young, getting broke to walk, we maybe overthink it and just pull, 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 and then that calf takes a step and we don't let them, we don't let back. We just keep pull, pull, pulling. And then that calf just keeps wanting to fight us and fight us and fight us. And he locks up his front feet and then we can't do anything. Um, you know, remember how he learned to be broke to tie. He learned by pulling back and then stepping forward to relieve the pressure. So if he's got pressure going forward, if I'm pulling on that lead rope and he takes a couple steps forward, let that pressure back off. Then he learns every time there's pressure on my halter to relieve that pressure, all I have to do is start taking steps. And then all of a sudden he's leading. Now it's not always that simple. This is obviously going to be a pretty simple version of breaking your calf because you're talking about a, you know, a month or two month long process or sometimes a whole show season process to get your calf broke the way you want. Uh, I'm just trying to cover maybe some some basics and, and maybe some way to think about things um, as I thought back through how I break them. And I think that's that's one of those that, that 
you know, if we understand how we want to end and how we want that calf to walk, um, make sure we're doing the same thing and we're keeping things consistent, you know, so that when I pull on that halter, he understands that all I have to do is start taking steps and he'll, he'll let that pressure off and then I can just walk right next to him. And then you get that calf comfortable enough that, that uh, later down the road to the show season, uh, it takes very little effort because he's, he's comfortable with understanding your body posture to know when you turn around and face away from me and you've got that halter in my hands, I'm just going to follow you because I trust you and, and you get that trust from that calf and, and the kid is comfortable showing him or the adult is comfortable showing him and then it just works so much smoother and we avoid a lot of in-show, um, you know, blow-ups or, or accidents where, where we lost control of our calf or, or we didn't have any fun showing because the calf would never stay still, he wasn't comfortable, and then the judge couldn't get a good look at him, so we don't feel like we got much out of that show. Um, you know, I think if you slow it down, take it step by step, get that calf comfortable with everything you're going to do, um, you know, and then, then we can start working on the details later, uh, you know, uh, the details of, of getting his feet to move and stand in the right posture, you know, using that stick to move his feet around. Um, that's one thing that, you know, we can start that as we go, uh, understanding that, that he won't pick it up all, all right away. But if he's broke to tie and really broke and we're able to comb him, we're able to blow him out, you know, maybe, maybe for a couple of days we, we blow him out quick and then we grab a stick and while he's broke to tie and, and he's tied up to a good safe spot and we were in a safe spot, maybe we start moving those legs around a little bit and kind of getting him used to how he should stand um, and setting him up right there while he's tied to a panel and uh, making that part of our routine every day or, you know, once a week, however many hours we're going to spend with that calf, uh, depending on how close we're getting to the show, um, you know, you can start putting in some finer details then. And then, uh, you know, as we work further and we're walking that calf around, he's getting pretty good about understanding you know, where I want him to go and, and we're comfortable with each other and he trusts me to lead him, um, you know, then, then we can work on standing still, you know, pick one calf and, and uh, I think it's a, a good idea. You know, everybody anymore has a cell phone with a video camera on it. You know, set up that, that video camera, tape it to the, the gate at the end of the pin or, or somewhere where we can record ourselves and just just start walking that calf around and, and seeing how, you know, is he walking comfortably or am I forcing him to walk uncomfortably? Um, am I stopping him in an uncomfortable position with his head too high or, or his head too low or, um, you know, he always stops with these feet forward so I need to make sure that when I stop I'm paying attention to that. You know, you can start working on the finer details and I think a good way is to grab that cell phone and set it up on the end of the pen and video his camera yourself and then you get done for the day or, or, uh, you get done with your homework, you can go back and, and, uh, look at that video and, and maybe pick up some things on your own calf that, that are harder to see when we're breaking and working with our calves with the halter work and getting them to stop and stand still. Um, you know, I think you can, you can pick up a few things that maybe you're causing some issues or, you know, your calf is going to have these issues so you can be more proactive in stopping them or, uh, or being ready for them anyway. Um, you know, I think one of the last things, maybe one of the hardest things is getting that calf to walk and then stop 
and then stand still. You know, a calf will stand still with you there for a while, but there always comes a point, you know, whether it's a minute in or 30 seconds in or two minutes in that, that they don't understand why they're standing at that point. Um, they want you to take them to their feed bunker. They want you to take them, um, you know, to their water or want you to take them back to their pen so they can lay down and chew their cud for a while. Um, so they start moving on you and that, that one takes a while. You know, you see those calves in the show ring that, uh, you know, they stop, they hold their ears forward, their feet never move and they never twitch. I mean, the, you know, they never blink. They just, they just pose like, like they're standing for a picture and they stand there for 10 minutes while the judge is going through reasons and, and they never move. And, and, you know, that's one of those things it's just going to take time, just like all of this. And, and uh, I think if you go through this process slowly and don't put time constraints on yourself, uh, you know, not, well, I've got two weekends. I'm going to have this calf broken the next two weekends. I think that some calves will automatically do that. You know, there's for sure calves out there that, that in a matter of four full days or even four half days can be really broken, ready to go show. Um, there's a lot of other calves that, that are going to need more time than that, or maybe could be broke, um, but are going to have a lot of bad habits by the time we get to a show ring. So I think by going slow and uh, teaching your calf the pressures of a halter, get them to understand what you want instead of forcing them into what you want, um, will lead to some of those cooler things in the show ring that we talked about. Um, and the, the kind of the final thing to halter breaking, and we'll cover some more of this in detail as we get questions and stuff brought up to us. I'm sure we'll have plenty of those. Um, but I just kind of wanted to cover the, some of the basics here. While I know with Christmas break and, and winter days, um, there's a lot of people that spend that time getting their calf broke, and a lot of calves are just getting delivered, or uh, or maybe you haven't got a calf yet, but you're you're getting close to getting one for your for your fall and summer show season. Um, you know, I want to get some of this covered now. And then uh, kind of like the feeding episode, the last episode, um, kind of get through some of the basics and, and maybe the way I like to think about things, the way I like I do things. And then as we get to the show season and, and other things come up or if I catch things, um, you know, we can go into some more details of some of this. Um but I think the last thing is uh, is making sure that your calf is comfortable with you, you're comfortable with your calf, and we go to that first show with the right understanding. And what I mean by that is, you know, if your calf is like liking to stop on you and he's not liking to walk or, or you have control of him, he understands what you want to do, but sometimes he's just, you know, his personality just causes him to be a little bit hard to work with. Um, maybe he, uh, he'll walk with you anywhere, um, but loud noises, uh, you know, spook him. Um, I think first of all, doing some things at home before we go to the show are important. And that is get him used to different things. Um, get him used to vehicles, get him used to kids, depending on where you're at, depending on the shows you're going to go to, you know, a lot of shows, uh, ban dogs from being around other shows allow them um, you know if you're if you don't have dogs around your calves and you go to a show that that there's two dogs behind you um, in the stall next to you um, even if those dogs are perfectly good dogs that aren't 
causing your calves any problems. If that calf's never seen a dog before, that's going to be an uncomfortable situation. Um, you know, think about some of those things that are going to be at the show that aren't at home. And one of those things I like to do is put up the FM radio. Um, go find you a camping radio or a battery powder radio that uh, you can hang up next to the barn or next to their pen, whatever you have. And, uh, you know, maybe only run it at night. Maybe only run it while you're working with the calves. Uh, but get them used to the noise of the radio, you know, first when you start, keep it pretty low and quiet and then kind of turn it up. Um, that'll kind of get that calf used to understanding that just because he hears a noise doesn't mean that noise is a bad thing. Um, you know, we go to a show, we know when we get there and unload, somebody's going to have a big jukebox going on on top of their, their stall or on top of their show box and they're going to be blasting music. And my calf is never had any noises you know i don't live next to highway you know i don't i have to walk over their pin we don't drive up to their pin they don't hear cars uh, those noises are going to be pretty intimidating for a calf that's that's already going to a new situation uh, so i like to play a radio um, you know if you got uh, maybe a flag you can hang next to the pin and get them used to some some different visual effects that are going to be going on at that show um, i think that's a good thing you know do it do it in a situation that they're comfortable with and then uh you know if we get get those situations comfortable with um then then we just need to go to that show with the right mindset of you know my calf is not going to act perfect at the first show you know if you know that and you know that going to that first show my goal is to leave with a better behaved more comfortable calf, we can be less frustrated at that show. You know, if we get to the show and he doesn't want to walk, or if we get to the show and and we thought we had him used to what a show is like, um, and he's not, and he's kind of freaking out on us, you know, do things that are going to be beneficial to his behavior and his understanding of what you want him to do. Um, don't find you in a position where, you, where you're frustrated and upset because your calf wouldn't sit still in the ring and and now because i'm upset my calf is more upset because usually they'll they'll read those things on your emotions and uh just go into your first show understanding that he's probably not going to act perfect but if i do my job right at the show on the way to the show that uh when i get back home i'm going to have a pretty broke calf and i think that's a good good starting place you know if if you have a chance to show more than once during out throughout a show season that first show is always beneficial to that calf behavior at the next show. So if you do only have one show you're going to hit throughout the year, plan ahead, get that calf broke early, and try to find a different show, you know, a, a smaller jackpot before our county fair. Or, uh, you know, maybe we can get that calf showed in the winter when we're less busy, um, before our parents get busy, or before our kids get busy with, with sports and uh and try to hit a show early and then give that calf a break and get him ready for the the one show we are going to hit um now i i think if you do that usually what you'll find out is after that first show it, it becomes so much easier that that you may hit two or three instead of maybe just the one show we planned on hitting when we bought our project um because once you hit get done at that first show if you've done your job right and you've stayed calm and you use that show for your benefit and your calf's benefit, then going to show becomes a lot easier. 
and uh, and maybe maybe we've hit two or three shows by the time we get to our one show that that our calf is is bought for or, or what our project is about or what our our end goal is um, and I think those benefits are are huge to that to that end end show or final show or the only show we want to hit um, you know if we put some time in maybe a different time of year when we're less busy or our uh, our kids aren't so uh, involved in sports and we can spend a couple afternoons before it gets dark you know putting in half an hour in here half an hour in there and then then hitting a show um, I think I think that's a good goal to hit um, whether this is your first year or your last year showing I think that's that's a great benefit to the brokenness of your calf um, that'll kind of do it for now um, I do have a couple questions we're going to talk about here in a minute but um, before I do Please stay safe when we're starting to work with these calves. Um, I said this at the end of the last episode, and I want to say it again. These are large animals, no matter if they're 400 pounds or 1,400 pounds, whether they're perfectly calm and, and love being around you and your best friend, um, they're still large. Don't put yourself in a bad situation where either you or your calf is going to get hurt. Always, always, always have a parent, guardian, extra person, maybe you are the parent, guardian, um, have a buddy stop over when we start working with that calf or or make sure the wife is home before we start. Um, don't want to see anybody getting hurt working with cattle ever. Um, and sometimes we can get complacent and, and overcomfortable with them and then then we have an accident happen and, and uh, I definitely don't want to see that with anybody. Um, so please be safe when we're starting to work with these calves and go slow, get those calves comfortable with you and then slowly start into the, the halter work and, and the process of getting your calf ready to show. Um, for tonight's questions, I only have one and it kind of ties to last week's podcast about feeding. Um, the question was, I can't get my calf to eat enough feed it was more detailed than that i'm not going to go into the the pounds and and uh all of that that was provided um but basically is a calf that they bought weaned um got it home it never really ate a lot um they, it was a busy time of year for them so they were feeding once a day and not keeping great track of how many pounds or or exactly what that calf was eating. They actually had two calves, but the one doesn't seem to have a problem. It's just the other one. Um, and they're pretty pretty early in their show career still. Not like the calf isn't eating anything. Um, they just don't feel like he's eating what they thought they think he should be. And, uh, you know, that's a problem. Uh, if our calf, you know, really isn't eating the calories he needs to grow, that's, that's hard to stomach, especially early on because we know there's so much feature that calf left that, that we really want to get a good start going. Um, my suggestion would be one, contact your vet. You know, if you think your calf might be sick, um, might have a uh, health concern that is causing him to not eat, you know, definitely find your local vet, look online, find a vet. If you don't have a vet, get somebody out there to look at him or get him on the trailer, get him to a vet, tell him your issues. Um, I am not a vet, so I'm not going to go into the detailed health concerns about, you know, maybe some issues that could be going on there um, with his eating habits. Um, the other thing might be, 
you know, he might just not have the best eating habits. You know, I don't know exactly the situation, um, but making sure that, that that calf has that feed available to eat all day. Um, you know, some calves just eat slow. Some calves want to eat two pounds, go lay down for an hour, come back, eat two pounds, and they want to do that 24-7. You know, maybe they don't like eating more than that. Maybe, uh, maybe that feed we gave them, they're just not used to it yet, and that sometimes can be too. Um, I'd also advise anyone to pay attention to how much hay that calf is eating. Uh, this certain family has an automatic feeder in the pen with the calves. They didn't mention it, but I'm wondering about if they're giving a good hay, maybe that calf hasn't had that type of hay before, or, uh, you know, he has some, some deficiencies that that hay really matches up with that he's eating, you know, maybe 20 pounds of hay, um, and not, not going to that feed as often. And he's only eating half as much. And then he's going back and eating another 20 pounds of hay. That would be another thing to look at is, is maybe he's not actually, um, not eating maybe he's just not eating where you want him to eat um and uh you know from the sounds of it this calf is still in good health um he still is gaining weight uh he still looks full all the time um he never looks bloated or any anything like that so I, that's maybe my first thought is is maybe that that feed just tastes really good to him um you know whether whether he likes the taste of it or if it's meeting some nutritional needs needs that uh that the other feed isn't, uh, you know, and that, if it's early in your career, it's early in the show season, that calf is still pretty young. He's still gaining. Um, you know, I wouldn't be too concerned with it. Uh, you know, sometimes we can overthink those things, over prioritize, making sure he eats X amount of pounds. Um, and sometimes those cattle are just cattle and they'll go eat at the hay bunk a lot more. And then maybe in two weeks, all of a sudden, you come out and he slicked it up and he's standing there. He wants more feed and you can start bumping him up in feed. Um, you know, they do go through, um, you know, just like kids when they grow up, they go through growth spurts. And sometimes you go through a week and it just seems like your kid just, just isn't hungry. just won't eat anything. Um, and then the next week you can't keep the cupboards full. He's always grabbing something to eat and always snacking. And, and cattle, I think, are a lot, a lot of times that way um, that, uh, you know, all we can do is, is, uh, you know, check their weight again, make sure they're gaining weight, make sure they look healthy, make sure their ears are up. Um, if there's any health concerns, we're getting them to the vet and, uh, provide him all the feed that, that he should need, um, to be growing and healthy and, and maturing properly and then let him have it and see what he does. Um, like I said, those are my big two suggestions is check on how much hay that calf is actually eating and then uh, uh, make sure that we're giving that calf enough time with that feed bunk or that bucket or uh, whatever we're feeding him in that he has ample time to sit down and eat, um, whether that's all day or all day and all night. And then maybe maybe the last thing to look at is, is where's that other calf at when you give feed? Is that other calf um, right next to the calf that's having trouble? Um, because they will, they will have behavior tendencies to hang back and wait for the other calf to get done eating before I step in up and eat, or maybe I'm trying to get up and eat and, uh, the other calf in my pen 
walks over and he gives me a headbutt and, and he doesn't like me eating at the same time as him. You know, you'll, you'll see that every once in a while where calves are kind of buoyed away from the feed bunk. Maybe we need to move move one into a bucket that's across the pen or, or feed them in different areas or, or tie one up while we feed, um, you know, to make sure that, that uh, it's he has the availability to get to that feed that we're trying to give him. Um, so that, those would be my suggestions. Like I said, there could be a lot of things going on there health-wise. Um, I don't really want to get into that right now because I don't know the specifics of, of how this calf is eating. But if you have any any concerns about, um, you know, the healthier calf, maybe his behavior, maybe he's not gaining weight, um, for sure get a vet involved and uh, get that taken care of through them. They'll have a lot better things to discuss with you since they can be there to diagnose that calf. Um, and that's going to do it all for this episode. Not sure what the next episode to come out will be yet. Uh, I've got a few, but I'm not sure how they're going to uh, upload them for you guys to listen to yet. But I hope this one was um, maybe helpful with going into uh, winter break or, or wherever we're at in our show season, whether you're listening to this in the summer and, and, and finishing. Maybe it'll make you think back to how you broke your calf so that you can plan ahead for next year. Um, but maybe a, a good thought process at least to um, keep in mind so as we implement our breaking process uh, maybe we can tweak it to better suit the calf or or maybe we don't like our breaking process anymore and we're going to change it up and our neighbor does it this way um, but you can use some of the things we talked about today uh, to make that process go smoother or uh, or make uh, your calf better better suited to hit that show ring on a positive note. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.